You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. And tonight, you can follow the live NBA Draft Show with NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales. They'll be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That is tonight. We are going to be talking a lot about the... NBA draft where Joe and Luca are expected to go talking a little bit about their you know projections uh, their strengths weaknesses and give you some player comps I think are really interesting before we get into any of that though I do want to tell you a little bit about realignment because we have been talking about that all week this week Uh, some new information kind of came out the Big 12 sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN claiming that the network contacted other conferences, encouraging them to take Big 12 schools so the Big 12 dissolves, eliminating grant of rights. If the Big 12 does go away, ESPN is not responsible for the final four years of the deal worth $1.06 billion. A couple thoughts on that. And just as an FYI, we did talk about this on the Locked On Big 10 podcast yesterday um, with Nate and with Josh from Locked On Big 12. Uh, this, to me, is a last-ditch effort, in my personal opinion. While it wouldn't surprise me for ESPN to go out and try to get other teams to leave the Big 12, when you look at what the Big 12 brings and you lose Texas and Oklahoma, I don't blame ESPN for wanting to do that. I know you look at some of those schools and think, wow, they have some decent schools. They are not a very marketable set of teams without Oklahoma, and without Texas. They are regionally marketable, but they are not nationally marketable. People aren't going to turn on the TV and say, wow, I really want to watch Kansas football today. California doesn't give a crap about Iowa State. No one outside of Virginia and West Virginia, or West Virginia, I say, cares about West Virginia. Except for maybe Virginia and hoping that West Virginia loses. So that's not really surprising to me. This feels like a last-ditch attempt, though, as the Big 12 tries to you know, figure out what the heck is happening. Um, my guess is people are smelling, you know, they're like sharks. People smell blood in the water, and they are trying to go after the Big 12 in any way, shape, or form. And you know what? All the power to them. The Big 12 should have seen this coming to an extent. Their product has not been that great in my personal opinion. Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 said that the Big 12 was the best basketball conference last year. I completely disagree with that. And from a football perspective, top to bottom, they weren't that good. They had some solid teams at the top, obviously Oklahoma, Iowa State, but not not a whole lot outside of Oklahoma State and West Virginia have some good teams, no doubt about it. But the Big 12 was not bringing in the kind of money that other conferences have been bringing in. They likely aren't bringing in the viewers that ESPN wants for their college football programming. So why not try to get out of that deal? Why not try to get those teams to go to other conferences and allow ESPN to basically go away from that deal and figure out some new programming with the, you know, the state of college football clearly changing. Now again, whether how that impacts the big 10, um, it will be, or will remain to be seen. 
going for the Big 12 doesn't really do a lot for the Big 10 uh, from a national perspective, especially if you want to throw a blow at the SEC. Again, I've talked about this. I do not feel like the Big 10 should try to compete with the SEC from a football perspective. I think it's possible. I think you could get some really good schools, but I think they need to focus on having a number two football conference with a number one basketball conference and number one across the board in other athletics. And that's where the Pac-12 comes in. You go to Iowa State or Kansas, Kansas definitely raises the notoriety from a basketball perspective, but arguably hurts you in a football perspective. They're, they're Rutgers without any hope from a football perspective. Basketball would be amazing for the conference, but again, football. Iowa State, how long can they keep this up? You know, I, I do think anytime you have Matt Campbell as your head coach, you have a good chance but how long does that keep up? How much does that actually do for the Big Ten? I would say Iowa State needs the Big Ten more than the Big Ten needs Iowa State. If we're talking about TV deals and whatnot, you want to go get some of those big markets. You want to get that USC. You want to get that Oregon, the UCLA, the Stanford. Claim California. Get that market. Heck, even Colorado. There is a very strong contingent of Colorado Buff supporters out here. That would be a, an interesting market to grab, especially considering how many Midwestern folk live out here. It honestly kind of fits the Big Ten at this point. That would be interesting to me as well. Um, again, the biggest thing here we got to look at is the AAU certification. That's always going to be kind of a hang-up. I know if you listen to Locked On Big Ten uh, yesterday, that was Josh Neighbors was very confused as to why I kept bringing up AAU certification. It is undoubtedly incredibly important for the Big Ten. And while I don't believe there's a lot of rules at this point, it's kind of the wild, wild west in college football, I have no doubt the Big Ten is going to abide by that and try to find programs that are AAU certified. And as we've said, Kevin Warren, if he wants to do something that makes this conference great, he wants to do something that sets this conference up long-term, he needs to go out now. He needs to be one of those sharks smelling blood in the water and going up and saying, here's what the Big Ten offers you. The Big Ten is a premier conference with significant amount of stability. They haven't lost any any teams. They've only been bringing on teams. You could argue Rutgers, Maryland, why? But before that, in much as I hate Nebraska, Nebraska has a storied history and a very big fan following in Nebraska. They have a great base of fans. Penn State was a team before that. What a great addition to the conference. We need to go out and do that again. The Penn State, the Nebraska. We need to find some big-time teams. And I think you got to go raid the Pac-12. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when all the dust settles. Um, wasn't expecting to go on a rant there again, but here we are, realignment. Coming up on segment two, we're going to get into the NBA draft, though. Talking about Joe Wieskamp and Luka Garza, I promise you that we will deliver all of that content right here in just a few moments. I do want to tell you about rockauto.com, the sponsor of this show today, because with ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com. Why not save you some time and put a little money in your pocket? I personally went to rockauto.com to get engine air filters. It would have taken me 5 to 10 minutes to drive to the store, 5 to 10 minutes in the store, and 5 to 10 minutes to get home. That's roughly 15 to 30 minutes. It also would have cost me $75. I went to rockauto.com. 
Within five minutes, I had ordered both engine air filters for $20 total delivered directly to my door. I took me five minutes, saves me time and saves me money. There's no better pitch than that right now. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, y'all, and it is NBA draft night. It is the time, the moment that two Iowa Hawkeyes have been waiting for their entire life, Joe Wieskamp and Luca Garza. They both have had some interesting uh, trajectories over the last couple months. Luca Garza's trajectory has certainly gone down. Joe Wieskamp's has certainly skyrocketed. I want to talk to you a little bit about both of these players, where they are projected at, why they are projected there, and then give you kind of my projections and also some interesting player comps. So we're going to start off with Joe Wieskamp. Just to Chad Ford is uh, the the goat of NBA draft big boards, as we've kind of talked about a lot on this show. He is on the Locked On Podcast Network, and he's going to be hosting our Locked On NBA draft night. But here's what he had to say about Joe Wieskamp. Wieskamp stayed off the radar for much of the year, but in a league so hungry for shooters that Corey Kisper is a potential lottery pick, Wieskamp made his case at the NBA draft combine for why he should be a first-round pick, too. It was evident at the combine that he was overshadowed by big man Luka Garza at Iowa. Wieskamp has, a, has excellent size and length for a wing, tested as one of the top athletes at the combine, and was a standout in the 5-on-5 five five games. He's younger, longer, and more athletic than Kispert, and when you compare their numbers statistically adjusted for pace, they're very similar. He has Wieskamp's draft range 30-50, to 50, and he has him as a Tier 6 player, which basically means a rotation, a rotation type of player. So, interesting stuff there. Um, as far as looking Garza, a little bit less positive, but he says Garza was a dominant college player who, like some other bigs on this board, might be out of step with today's NBA. He is skilled, can score in a variety of ways in the paint and from the perimeter, and he has a great feel for the game. But the concern is his below-the-rim game just won't translate at the next level. Garza had a groin injury that kept him out of the 5-on-5 play at Combine. While scouts were impressed that he lost some weight and looked like he was in better shape, he still tested as the worst overall athlete at the Combine. The draft range for Luka Garza is 45 to undrafted. First thoughts on that, Joey's camp and the fact that he can shoot is going to get him a spot in the NBA, NBA and keep him a spot in the NBA, especially as a fifth person, the fifth person in that rotation. All he has to do is come up and shoot. He doesn't have to be the playmaker. He just needs to go out there and shoot. And how he tested, being able to jump out of the roof um, was, was phenomenal. People are going back and looking at his tape and seeing, wow, this guy can really dominate. He had some big-time stretches in play last year and big-time play where he dominated the game and was really the key focal point while Luka Garza struggled for several games. The Luka Garza stuff, it, to me, is just – it's it's being nitpicky at this point. We know what Luka Garza is. I think what they're not – what they're failing to realize is when you have a six foot eleven big who's 243 pounds and can shoot a three-pointer and hit it at a 40 to 45% clip, how do you not – want that I don't think that that's a starting level type of guy but having that guy come off the bench you can have a big I know he's not the most athletic I know he can't guard a lot of big guys but he can stay in his area he's going to be consistently in the right spot and he's going to be nifty or you know smart and nifty when you need a, a three-point shooting lineup Luka Garza can come and he can hit some threes he'll also be crafty in the post I know you know he's not as athletic as the other bigs in the game but you better believe he's not as athletic as any of the bigs in the Big Ten either, and he was still able to work his way around. And I would bet on work ethic every single second, especially at the back end of the second round. 
So let's get into some of the mock draft talk because this is where I think it gets really interesting in my personal opinion and sorry for the, the squeakiness of my, my chair. But Joey's camp projected by Chad Ford to go to the Pelicans at 43. Um, again, uh, a 12th man kind of guy. He also said that Joey's camp, he's had several teams say that Joey's camp is a top 30 guy. So that's really going to bode well for Joey's camp. It really depends on what team decides we don't want to miss out on him versus we'll let him fall to us. That could be the difference between going at 30 or between going at 40 or 45. He also has Luka Garza to the Pacers at 54, which I think is actually a really interesting uh, spot there considering who else the Pacers have on their roster. Doug McDermott is currently on the Pacers roster. Doug McDermott is 6'7", 225 pounds. He is essentially the small forward equivalent to what Luka Garza would be at that center position. And he has carved out a nice little niche with the Pacers. And we're going to get into some interesting things about Doug McDermott here in a second, um, considering he does uh, have some interesting comps to Joey's camp. But that to me is, is kind of the projection projection there in my, in my personal opinion. When you look at where Luca and Joe can go, um, I think it's really important to know a couple things. With the NBA draft, it's not just about getting selected. It's about getting selected to the right team. They've even said as much in interviews. They want to go to the right team. The right team has an open spot, will be able to utilize your skill set, and will allow you to thrive. Look at Tyler Cook, for example. He was thriving with the Pistons towards the end of the year. He finally found the right spot for him where he could align playing time with his skill set and what they need from a team perspective. So Luka has had 11 workouts. Boston, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Detroit, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Los Angeles, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Philly, Sacramento, and Toronto. Joey's camp has had 12 workouts with Atlanta, Boston, Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Philly, Sacramento, San Antonio, Toronto, and Utah. Utah is a very interesting pick there because they have the 30th pick in the first round. That is the probably the highest Joey's camp goes, in my personal opinion. Um, and what's interesting about the NBA draft is first rounders are getting guaranteed contracts, whereas second rounders are not typically getting guaranteed contracts unless you're kind of up ahead in that second round draft or second round part of it. So the 30 to 40th pick um, and especially with second round picks, they're not guaranteed roster spots. And sometimes they're even just considered draft and stash players, guys who they're going to draft Aaron white, for example, was kind of a draft and stash kind of guy who got drafted sent overseas and has never came back. Now, a lot of that I think is has to do with Aaron white at this point, the fact that he has really made a nice living overseas. Maybe he likes it over there. Maybe he doesn't want to go into the NBA. The other route you could take is not getting drafted, though, so you have the ability to choose your own destination. And that's where I think it gets interesting when you look at Luka Garza and the fact that he is really being projected from 45, pick 45 to undrafted. When you get to that last 10 picks of the second round, it's really important that you go to the right team or you don't go at all so you have the ability to choose a team, go into a summer league, play there, and work your way onto the roster. That's exactly what Jared Utoff did. Jared Utoff should have been drafted. He chose not to be drafted so he could have the ability to choose his own team. He has been bouncing around the NBA and the G League for the last several years. Whereas a Devin Marble got drafted by the Nuggets, got traded to Orlando, and played and spent some time in the NBA before going overseas as well. So it's just, there's a lot of interesting dynamics that go into the NBA draft, especially toward that back end of the draft. So Joe Wieskamp, um, he's, you know, 
ideally he goes in that first round, the top 30, or that 30th pick. If not, that top 10 picks in the second round. Luka Garza is going to be a really interesting storyline, considering the fact that he is a two-time All-American, the Naismith Player of the Year. Where is he going to go? How far is he going to fall? That is going to be a storyline to watch, and whether or not he gets drafted at all kind of depends on what his strategy is going into those last 10 picks. Luka Garza is a competitor. But he also wants to be smart and find the right spot for him. So what does that mean? We're going to find out. Coming up on segment three, we're going to give you a few other mock drafts and then tell you about the odds for where both of these guys are supposed to go and give you my projections for both of them. That is coming up on segment three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. You can literally bet on anything at BetOnline.ag, including the NBA draft. You can bet on where you think Luka Garza and Joe Wieskamp are going to be drafted at tonight. So before the next pitch or before the NBA draft tips or kicks off, head over to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account so you can get access to all their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to playoffs, prep for that gold medal, or prep to be drafted for their career or lifelong dream of being drafted into the NBA. So again, head over to that website, get that free account, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right, use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And just a reminder, we will not have a show tomorrow. We'll be breaking down the draft results for the NBA on Monday. My wife and I are taking a quick trip back to Minnesota, which is where she is from originally. And we're going to be seeing some family. So I didn't want to bring the podcast equipment and uh, wanted to spend that time with my family. So I hope you all can appreciate that. We will be back on Monday, giving you five episodes that week. And we're going to have some good guest interviews coming up as well. So... As I alluded to, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other mock drafts. Um, Sports Illustrated had Joe going at 42 to the Pistons. The CBS mock draft had Joe going to Utah at pick 30, and they had this to say, Wieskamp tested well at the Combine athletically and is coming off a career year at Iowa in which he made nearly half of his 158 three-point attempts. With his shooting ability, it'd be silly to let him slip out of the first round. And Luca was not in the SI or the CBS mock draft. And then Bleacher Report had Joe going at 40 to the Pelicans. So literally, in four mock drafts, Joe was going either 40, 42, 43, or 30. And four mock drafts, Luca was going either 50-ish or not at all. So 54, 50, and then undrafted twice, which I thought was really interesting. And BetOnline.ag, they have Joe Wieskamp at pick 42. So the over of over 42 or the under 42 is at minus 110. Luka Garza, 53.5 is at minus 110 as well. I'll get to my bets on those here in a second. I do want to share with you some interesting player comps though that I used on Sports Reference to just highlight how dominant these guys have been. All right. When I searched for forwards and centers, who have shot over 40% in a season, taken more than 99 field goal attempts, and averaged 8 rebounds per game or more, and averaged 24 points per game or more. Only four players came up. Cheryl Ford from Illinois, Chicago, back in 94-95. Luca Garza. Mike Dom, dominating player for Illinois, who has been getting a lot of NBA looks. Um, I've talked to him a couple times and uh, definitely on the NBA radar after a dominant career at South Dakota State, and Kevin Durant. 
Luka Garza is not Kevin Durant, but you better believe Luka Garza is in really good company with what he's able to do in that regard. Any NBA team is going to be lucky to have his three-point shooting ability given his size, and if he can just be adequate defensively, he will carve out a nice role in the NBA. Joey's camp's comparisons are a little bit interesting as well. When you look at this, and I'll kind of break down how I broke up this search for Joey's camp, I looked at players with a field goal percentage for a season over 45, 150 field goal attempts or more, six rebounds per game or more, an average 14 points per game or more. There were 11 players on this list. A couple guys I want to call out here. Doug McDermott. Remember I said we were going to talk about him again? Doug McDermott's on this list. Ray Allen. Kyle Korver. Joey's camp. Kyle Korver in 2002-2003 shot 48% from three. Doug McDermott shot 49%. Ray Allen shot 46%. Ray Allen is one of the best three-point shooters in the history of the NBA. Joey's camp shot 46%. It's also interesting to note the overall field goal percentage of Kyle Korver is 47%, and Joe's was 49%, Ray's was 47%, Joe's was 49%. So clearly, Joe was getting to the rim a little bit more in that regards. Now, Ray Allen's an interesting case because he shot the ball quite a bit more. So did Dougie, and so did Kyle Korver. But nevertheless, those are interesting comparisons for Joe Wieskamp, and that's why I feel like Joe Wieskamp can find and carve out a spot in the NBA with his shooting abilities and with what he showed athletically. He's not the best defensively. Um, in fact, Chad Ford, I think, had him as that was his lowest skill was his defensive ability. But he should be able to carve out a nice spot. Now, going into the bets, when I'm looking at these bets from betonline.ag, again, Joe Wieskamp at pick 42, over 42 is minus 110, under 42 is minus 110, and Luka Gars at 53.5, minus 110, um, over in the under. I'm probably going to hammer the Luka Garza over 53.5. Now, that's not a slight on Luka Garza. I don't think that's where he should be picked. I just feel like when you get to that back end of the second round, it is such a cluster for the NBA. They're not, a lot of times, they're either looking for guys that draft and stash or they're looking for very high ceiling players, not necessarily high floor players like Luka Garza. They know what Luka Garza can bring to the game, they know he's a hard worker, but do they draft that at the end of the second round? I think it's less likely. And so that's why I'm taking Luka Garza going over 53.5. So either 50, pick 54 or um, to undrafted. Joey's camp at 42 is very interesting to me. I would like to believe the three-point shooting ability has really risen on people's radars or you know helped Joe rise on people's radars. I would actually probably go under pick 42. I think he'll be selected between 30 and 40 in my personal opinion. I do think there's a good chance he gets selected at that back end by Utah. Getting a shooter like Joe Wieskamp is something worthwhile, especially for a contending team that just needs a guy who's going to come in and shoot the ball like that. Look at what Duncan Robinson has done for the Miami Heat. That's the kind of impact Joe Wieskamp could have on a title contender. So that's my thoughts there. Let me know what your thoughts are as well with the NBA draft. Again, make sure to check out the Locked On NBA Draft um show we have going on. I don't know why I stuttered through that, but the Locked On uh, Live NBA Draft Show hosted by NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales. They'll be live tonight covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow the Locked On NBA on YouTube tonight and watch our live coverage tonight as well. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you better believe they're going to be talking about your two Iowa Hawkeyes men's basketball players. It should be a great night. Uh, this could be history in the making for the Iowa Hawkeyes and for Fran McCaffrey as well. The last draft pick that Fran McCaffrey had was 
Aaron White going in 2015. He also had Devin Marble going in 2014. He's only had two players drafted in the NBA. If he could get Luka Garza and Joe Wieskamp, that would double his NBA uh, draft picks, and it would be only the fourth and fifth draft picks for the University of Iowa since the turn of the century. So since 2000, we've only had three draft picks, Adam Haluska, Devin Marble, and Aaron White. Could be a historic night for the Iowa Hawkeyes and a big recruiting tool as well, depending on how high Joe Wieskamp goes. That does do it for our show today. I appreciate you all tuning in. If you love the episode, give us that five-star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We will be back at the beginning of August, so that's next Monday. We'll be back on Monday with five episodes a week. We are close to football season, and we are so excited to give you all the content we've been holding on to. It is going to be an action-packed August and September as we kick off Iowa football. Thank you all for tuning in, though. Have a fantastic Thursday, and even better weekend, so I won't talk to you before then. And as always, let's go Hawks.